Hello everyone and welcome back to the Eva Partridge Fitness Podcast. So my second podcast this week is based off my current six-week build and fuel coaching um, online challenge. So each week I'm rounding up the three main questions I have had from the group and creating a podcast so I can share it with all of them a little bit more efficiently and all of you guys as well. And I'm hoping you find the topics helpful. So as you guys probably know, I want my podcast to be very educational and give you the information that I feel you can't really give on Instagram in too much depth. So the questions I'm going to cover today are, should you calorie cycle and eat more on training days versus rest days? Is it possible to spot reduce belly fat or change the appearance of your core in that way? And is it normal for fat loss to slow down? And I'm going to start by addressing the calorie cycling question because it's a slightly more complex question. So as a whole, no, I don't generally advise my clients to calorie cycle. Not that there's anything wrong with it, um, but I will go into the reason why I usually give that advice for most of my clients. So for anyone who doesn't know what calorie cycling is, it's the idea that you would eat more and give more calories to days where you are active and fewer calories to days where you are resting. And you can structure that however you wish based on your calories. There's no real hard and fast rule. And the reason I generally don't advise this for my clients is that I deal with general population clients. So we're not looking at extremely active athletes, like ultra runners, um, etc. So very normal client base, normal people looking to get fitter and healthier. And when I set calories, I take into account your activity levels. So the calorie value we're aiming for is already counting for the activity levels you're doing during the day. And the reason why I generally don't advise to adjust that according to training or resting is that we're not usually training that hard to elicit or cause us to need a huge increase in calories and the amount we're already eating should be enough to account for maybe any additional hunger however again there's no hard and fast rule if you think you are extremely extremely hungry on those training days and not at all on your rest days you can cycle your calories slightly but make that an individual judgment based on you and and how you feel across maybe a training cycle or two and then play around with your calories. It is also a, a tactic I use to manage weekends, to maybe have low days in the week and higher at the weekend. And I use it much more in a calorie deficit than I do at maintenance. Um, again, largely because what we eat at maintenance should be enough to support the training we do anyway without having to cycle too much. There's also no real benefit when we have generally normal level of activity. So again, it's personal preference. I would say as well that you would need to be doing some form of tracking to really do this effectively. So if you're not tracking, it's a bit harder because some days you may be listening to your internal hunger cues and really overshooting your calories. That's really common after hard exercise. Um, so you would have to have some form of tracking in place. If you do, great. Again, this could be an option for you. Um, but you'd have to be quite specific with what you're having on your higher days in comparison to what you're having on your lower days. And it can also be, little, be a little bit tricky to judge it and to know how to structure it. That's why having a coach comes in super handy to help you with this. But I wouldn't go too high and too low. It may, might be a, a few hundred calories difference, maybe two 
to 400 calories difference depending on the level of exercise that you're doing. It can also make it harder if you're not an experienced tracker and you don't really know how to structure meals yet to account for additional calories or not. But I would say largely the, the additional calories and the reduction in calories will likely come from your carbohydrate source because that is your main energy source as well. So you're going to want that on those training days to fuel and then refuel. As well, if you are meal prepping and food prepping, which is something I do and a lot of my clients do, we cook in bulk. It can be then quite hard to judge and split those out onto separate days accurately, but you can absolutely eyeball it. It doesn't have to be 100%, but yeah, it just makes things a little bit more complicated for the average client to deal with, which is one of the reasons I don't generally recommend it all that much. Now saying that the times I might use this is if I had a client who was training much harder and for extended periods of time. I say that all of my clients train hard. That's the whole point of me. Um, one of the things I, I really push as a coach, I want you to make the most of your sessions and train hard. But when I say train hard here, it's kind of those extended sessions that are two hours plus. Most of my clients train for one hour to maybe one hour and 20. And with that in mind, we probably wouldn't need the additional calories. But if you are training for two hours, you're doing maybe extremely long runs alongside your training and your activity levels are in that more kind of advanced, super high category, you might want to think about it. Um, but again, not necessary and very individual. So that is my thoughts around calorie cycling. Um, I'll move on to the next question. And the next question is going to be, can you spot reduce belly fat or change the way your core looks in that way by kind of reducing your body fat levels through training? And unfortunately, that just is not possible where we saw our fat is largely genetic. If you carry it more on your hips compared to your torso and core, it is largely down to our genetics and there's really not much we can do about that. A reduction in fat around your core and changing the appearance of where the fat sits will largely come down to a calorie deficit and a fat loss phase to um, reduce the body fat in that area. And obviously we can't spot reduce when you do do that. There's no guarantee of when that would happen. It might be at the start of your deficit. It might be towards the end. And as women, generally the fat around our abdomen um, is a little bit more stubborn and the last to go. But usually that's when we've already lost some body fat all over. So you, you might see a reduction in body fat all over. And then if it's just kind of really small amount of body fat on your abdomen, that will likely be the last to go because obviously it's protecting our internal organs because as women, we're designed to potentially carry children if that's what you want to do. And that is why it largely sits there. However, um, the, the rules apply, whether it's the front of your abdomen, the size, what people call their love handles. Um, it's largely down to body fat and you can't really train that and change the, the shape. That being said, you can obviously do core work. Core work will build up the muscles in your core. So it may change the appearance if we don't have too much body fat there, but if there is more significant amount of body fat, the appearance most likely isn't going to change until you go into a fat loss phase. And if you are someone who is quite petite and you don't necessarily want to do a fat loss phase, then the options are a little bit limited. It is just a case of training your core and, and potentially seeing some more muscle definition. Um, yeah. And I just say, try to Try your best to be at peace with any body fat you do have around your abdomen as a, as a woman. It's not something we can completely eliminate and get rid of. And then the final question is, is it normal for fat loss to slow down? And yes, absolutely. When you first go into a calorie deficit, you're going to see the biggest dropping weight most likely. So as well as losing body fat, you're most likely going to lose water weight as well. Because when we go into a deficit, we manipulate our food and we do tend to cut 
um, down on carbs because obviously we don't cut down on protein and we have a base level of fats we need to hit for general health. So um, a good portion of our reduction comes from our carbohydrates and along with reducing our carbs, it comes with reducing water retention. So just a little bit of information for every gram of carbohydrates you consume, you also hold on to about three to four grams of water with that, which is why after a heavy weekend or a heavier carb meal, you're generally heaviest. So when you reduce the amount of carbs you're eating, you also reduce the amount of water you are retaining, which is why we see the scale shift quite rapidly along with your body is more responsive and you have a bit more body fat to lose. That will quite that will slow down quite quickly for a lot of people within the first two to four weeks. And then it goes to a very normal rate of weight loss, which some people do find frustrating, but the kind of healthy and average amount of weight loss people tend to lose is between half a pound and a pound and a half per week, depending on how much body fat that person um, has. And honestly, some weeks you might see nothing. Some weeks it could be 0.2, 0.7, two pounds. It's really non-linear. You can't judge it, um, but it is absolutely normal for fat loss to slow down. Do not let that um, kind of dissuade you or make you feel like you're not making progress. You are, fat loss can absolutely be going on in the background without showing on the scale yet. Make sure you're using other measurements to help you judge that like pictures and um, literal measurements, your waist and hip measurement are great ones to help you kind of keep going and stay motivated. So there are the top three questions I have had this week from most of the ladies on the Build and Fuel Challenge. I will do this again next week. Uh, we've already got a few great questions banked. And if you're listening to this and you do have questions you'd like me to answer, by all means, pop me a message on Instagram or send them to my email, which is evapartridgefitness at gmail.com. And yeah, I hope you guys stick around to hear the next podcast. Thank you very much for listening.